0: Last month, Apple announced some changes to the upcoming version of iOS 15, which removes access to data that brands are used to having. Today, we're joined by our good friend Val Geisler, customer evangelist at Clavio, to break down what this means in more detail and how to shift your operations to customer-first marketing.
1: Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian.
0: And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Every aspect of your website is a variable that could be impacting your business's revenue. We all want to grow our business and we make changes with the hopes of seeing our business grow. Maybe you add a new graphic here, new social proof on your product page there, maybe change your pricing. But do you know if this new thing is helping or hurting you? Today, testing is a requirement in understanding what is and isn't working for your business. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to test. In fact, I set up my first test in less than 10 minutes on a client's store using Neat A-B testing. After the test was live, we saw a confidence level on each of our tests to know which is actually best for the business. How? They showed us the additional revenue per view for each variant. Give our friends at Neat A-B testing a try today and start testing for your business. Head over to try.neatab.com slash commerce dash t to start your 14 day free trial. Again, that's try.neatab.com slash commerce dash t.
1: Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with BFCM planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer. Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest commerce events of the year. Search for Mesa in the Shopify app store and download the app today.
2: Val, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm um, very happy to be here. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. It is summertime, but I'm wearing a sweater, so... Uh, you know, it's like one of those things when uh, it's that time of year when the air conditioning is like bumping because it's mm-hmm. so hot out that you then wear winter clothes indoors and then you take all the layers off to go. Outside. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I'm slightly jealous uh my, uh, my air conditioning can't keep up right now with the heat. I'm in Southern California and it's just a little bit hot. You know what I mean? It's just a little, it's a little bit hotter in all the rooms of my house.
2: Like, look, I'm trying. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I'm get, doing yeah. something. There's one of us. What are you doing? Yeah.
2: <laughs> a... But then Where I'm talking you to you and it's warming me up. I'm in Ohio. Oh, no. The middle nice. of the Midwest. Not even the middle of the Midwest. As East Coast as You're, you can get yeah. in the Midwest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ohio fun fact is Eastern time a lot of people think it's central, but we're Eastern time the whole state really mm-hmm. i I mean, I
0: guess being from Michigan, I knew yeah. it was Eastern, but I never would have guessed that people thought it was central,
2: oh yeah, especially people, I mean it's straight
0: north from me and i'm I'm in Atlanta,
2: right, well, especially people on the East Coast, like true east Coasters, you know the <laughs> true east, east coasters <laughs> Eastern stops at like Pennsylvania for them, right. Fair.
0: <laughs> Everything west of that is just in the past. Yeah, so. it just is,
2: must be a different time zone. <laughs> you know, unimportant to what we're doing.
0: Speaking of unimportant, no, wrong segue. So Val. <laughs> tell us about yourself.
1: That's not unimportant. Speaking
0: of That's unimportant. The most important. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Daniel called me. How should I say this? I was laying on the couch and I was really sprawled out because I was tired from being in the car for eleven hours yesterday. And the way I was laying, he was like, "You look comfortable." No, no, you look like a beached whale. I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Thank you,
2: love I'm you." I'm never
1: going to let you live down the fact that you just called me a beached yeah. whale. How about a starfish, Daniel? A starfish. Lo-
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love you too. Would you like a shovel? Yeah. <laughs> right, that's always. Start. Yeah. You've already begun with your spoon. So I'll just give you a whole shovel and you can keep going. Oh man. I do enjoy a good starfish lay down though. Like yes. full bed starfish lay down. That's.
0: Oh, it's a thing. I it's love a it. good
2: thing. It's yeah. The best, There's just something really restorative about like separating all of your limbs. I'm not sure. I think Especially it's a yoga summer. pose. It has to be a yoga pose. Is
1: it a yoga pose? Probably know. it can be, I would make it a yoga, po- yoga, post, if I was so. teaching yoga, we would lay down a lot.
2: I think they do it on my kids, yoga stuff, like do a starfish. And then they just spread out all kids yoga is animal shapes. That's all you're doing. You, you know, you walk like a penguin, you jump like a, a rabbit, you like everything is animals. That's how they teach yoga to kids. Fun. Oh, I love
1: that. That's It's cool. actually
2: more fun than grown-up yoga.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say sign me up to the kid yoga. Send yeah. me the links.
2: But kid yoga goes really fast cuz like kids lose attention really quickly. Yeah. So it's actually quite exhausting to be <laughs> an adult doing kid yoga with your kids because it moves so quickly and your body is 3 times as big as your 4-year-old, so <laughs> it doesn't move as quickly either. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So about me, I have a (laughs) four-year-old and a seven-year-old. We do some yoga and uh, I live in Ohio. We've covered that. I am uh, a total email geek uh, in that I care perhaps too much about emails that uh, brands send out. I have a lot of inboxes and emails uh, that I just collect on lists. I'm the kind of person who signs up to an email list, like hoping for something weird in my inbox to happen so that I can like to unpack it and talk about it. Um, like when I sign up to the same list with two different email addresses, and then I actually get this split test. <laughs> that's like, that's my love language, quite honestly.
0: <laughs> I so. love it. Yeah. That's so fun. you, you work for Clavio.
2: I work for Clavio. I'm customer evangelist, which is the most fun job. It's my job to collect the stories of our customers and then tell them, uh, to my coworkers, to the community, to the entire world. Um, and it's so much fun. I get to learn about all these different businesses and how they've grown and the things that they love, the things that they are frustrated by. Um, uh, it's like the best job
0: and we talk about clavio a lot on the podcast but Yay. would you like lot, to lot. tell our <laughs> a listeners lot lot. a lot a lot from your
2: perspective what is clavio so people aren't like what is a clavio what is um, a clavio what is that clavio clavio <laughs> what <is it>? <laughs> Kl- uh what's the the our british friends say uh clavio Clavio. I was gonna say Clavio. Mm-hmm. Clavio, yeah, mm-hmm. that comes out a lot. Uh, no, it's Clavio, and uh, so Clavio is an email marketing service provider. Actually, really like more than email. It's like a data house, right? Like you can collect data on your from your subscribers. Not secretively, in <laughs> very clear ways uh, your your subscribers' customers can provide you with information about themselves and you can store it and then use that to create proper messaging and It's really not about like like I said, being sneaky or um being gross or weird, although I definitely see some of that in my inbox, which that's like the fun stuff that I like to point out um but it's it's not about that it's about creating the right marketing for the right people at the right time um and truly being customer first in the way that you market as a brand and putting your customers front and center um because when they tell you something about themselves you should then in turn respect that and market to them accordingly Uh, so that's what I think is the most powerful part. And like, yeah, we can send, set up flows and campaigns and send emails and SMS, and you can do all of those things, all those ways that we message with customers all the time. But to me, like the most powerful part is that you have all this data that you can use, um, across different segments and across like email and SMS. And, um, you can use it to communicate with some of our integration partners and other tools. So, um, it's really a lot more powerful than like hit send on a email, quote, blast, uh, you know, once a I week think, or something. I think
0: that's such an important distinction because, you know, email from a customer perspective, we usually just see the emails coming in from a lot of merchants. as just being like noisy ads mm. that it's just all purely promotional. And there's, there's no relevance to it because, as you said, it's like an email blast, just the wall. hope it sticks with some people, somebody will, will purchase. But it, it's for me, the the email marketing, the SMS marketing via Clavio it's about forming and nurturing relationships with your customers.
2: For sure. And, you know, we definitely work with brands who have like really big lists. We also have customers who have teeny tiny lists. Um, but just like to touch on that, segmenting and kind of, you know, sending those very personalized messages. Um, I talked to a brand called Prusy recently and Prusy is kind of like, they call themselves like TJ Maxx for the internet. So you can, uh, it's like a deals site, right? So they get um, what other brands, you know, a a colorway from last season or the overstock of something and uh, they warehouse all of it and then they, uh, they sell it. Right really cool site, obviously with lots of different product categories and, um, types of things coming in all the time. And they were sending, um, let's see, they were, they cut down, they cut down from five campaigns a day to three campaigns a day. And those three campaigns are going to more targeted lists based off of Mm. the information that they had. And they actually went from they went up like five grand a day in, in revenue because of that. I love it. Like, that's insane that they, you know, it's like that you can increase your revenue by decreasing your volume just by targeting, just by saying like, Hey, we're going to actually just give people the, the information that they want, that they said that they want and stick with that. Um, so it was like a big risk that they took obviously, because, You wouldn't think that you're going to make more money by sending less often, Um, but they tested it and now they're like doubling down. They're like, okay, now we're going to send once a day, but to even more targeted lists and uh, they're going to, you know, increase their revenue even more. Um, It's just incredible when you can take those really massive lists and segment down, but you can even do it with, you know, a 2000 person email list. You don't have to be the TJ Maxx of the internet to... uh, to see those kinds of results,
1: are there segments? So I'm not an email person, right? Okay. Like I'm like a on-page, off-page, but for whatever reason, email has just been this elusive thing. I don't really get. And what? So I just want to predicate this with my like next it. question, which I think is a fairly basic question uh, for you, but for me, I don't know the answer. How do you know what? to segment and what to target and to, to personalize around. And then the follow-on question, which is also maybe what we should answer first is, can you define a flow for me and for the audience?
2: Oh, yeah. So the, the I'll start there. So flow is a series of emails that go out over time uh, based on different triggers that you set for them. Um, so it might be... X amount of time has passed since the last email, go ahead and send the next one. It might be um, a somebody clicked on the last email, you can send this email, or somebody didn't click on the last email, send this e- other email mm. instead. Uh, so flows can be built with lots of different uh, activities. But I think that the key is that it's it's a flow of emails. It's a whole bunch of emails that go out um, over a period of time. and that you don't have to do anything. Um, So you're not logging in and hitting that send button like you would on a campaign, which is what a lot of people call like their blast. I hate that word and I just wish it would go away in the world of email, but it never will. Um, But yeah, that's the difference. To answer your first question, it's the the most hated email answer, which is it depends. Um,
1: We love that love that answer here at commerce
2: tea um it really it does it depends how you how you segment is i think you can take two approaches one is wrong um the the two approaches are it depends
1: however one is however, wrong however
2: there is a wrong answer even though it depends um so, like, it depends on your product line, your brand, um, who your customers are. So, you could segment like, if your customers are um, the entire population, then you could segment out like, I want to see only your women's line, I want to see only your men's line, um, or I want to see both. People can make those choices. So, that's those could be segments. But if you only sell clothing for women's bodies, then you might not need to make that kind of segmentation. Um, So that's the, it depends. Uh, The, the one that's wrong is when you center segmentation around your brand and not around your customers. Mm. Um, So you could segment for like what you think your segments are, um, but your customers actually know what your segments are. It depends on the brand as how that gets defined. Um, But, you know, I think like a good example would be Uh, If you sell home goods and um, you have furniture and like general tchotchke accessory stuff, Um, just because somebody only buys decorative accessories doesn't mean that they will never buy furniture. Um, So you have to understand your customers and their buying patterns and the way that they think about your product and how the job that your product has to do. Uh, Cause it's not actually like about the product, but it's about what they need that product to do in their lives. And then that tells you what you need to know about how you segment your list. Okay. It's, it's just that easy. It's <laughs> it. That's it. All you do. Goodbye. <laughs> you
1: are now a professional. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, I
2: mean, it's really complicated, right? Like, um, and understanding that job. So I'm referring to a practice called Jobs to be Done. Um, it's widely used in the software world with product managers. Um, you can Google Jobs to be Done. You'll find all kinds of resources on it. Uh, but the like kind of gist of Jobs to be Done is that there is a job that your customer is, quote, hiring your product to do. And it's not what you're most likely marketing to them um so you know the the decorative household uh like the bookends are not to hold books on a bookshelf i mean that's like the functional uh job right but um maybe your the bookends that you sell are of like globes and so your customers job for that, for those bookends is to look worldly or traveled or, you know, to, uh, have a conversation piece when people come over and are looking at their bookshelf. And it's not just a line of books, but there's also these bookends there that add to the conversation, add to the, the decor. So it's, it's a deeper job than like, hold your books on the bookshelf.
1: That's a lot. And mm-hmm. I love that it's a lot. And I love that that's why there's people like you that exist that get to be the keepers of this knowledge. So I don't have to learn all of this knowledge. And I'm sure there's like a bunch of information uh, published by Clavio as well. Around yeah, this. It, you know, jobs
2: is interesting because it's like, it gives you insight into so many different areas of your business. Um, when I was a consultant before I worked at Clavio, I did this kind of research for my clients. And uh, every time there was more than just the emails that was impacted by uh, having these conversations with customers and really digging into who they are, why the way that they think, why they make the decisions that they make. Um, But we applied all of that research to our email flows. um, But then my client would then take all of that information and apply it across the rest of their business. Um, So, and I worked with SaaS and e-commerce brands. So I saw it happening in all different types of businesses too.
0: Hey, Rian, what can I do to help my support team be more efficient? I recommend Gorgeous.
1: Gorgeous combines all your communications channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all help requests. This saves your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It sounds great. What else can it do? With gorgeous, you can pre-write and save responses to your most frequently asked questions. You even have access to the customer's order information, so you can personalize the responses with things like an order or tracking number. This will allow your support team to focus on complex questions. Brands like Olipop, Death Wish Coffee, and Steve Madden have reduced their response times and increased efficiencies. This
0: sounds like a great way to also increase sales and brand
1: loyalty. Where can I learn more? Check out gorgeous by visiting commerce com forward slash gorgeous and try gorgeous for free for two months. Again, that's commerce dot com forward slash G-O-R-G-I-A-S. I know I mentioned in the intro mm-hmm. that
0: IOS 15 brought some changes, but let's back up because ios 14.5 also brought some changes. <laughs> IOS dance.
2: is rocking marketers right now. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah. It's, it's an experience. So let's start with iOS 14.5. Okay. What happened?
2: So 14.5 started this uh, kind of lockdown on customer data, or not necessarily lockdown, but really shifting customer data back into their own hands. So to date, You know, if you go on and buy a pair of shoes on the internet, those shoes then follow you around on every website and social platform you're on Um, that they, you know, you see the ads all over the place and you're like, I just bought those shoes. Or maybe you just looked at the website and now you're being retargeted all over the place Um, that the ability to do that easily was almost entirely not entirely but very nearly stripped away in 14.5 so Mm. um there were i think that the list was something like these numbers are wrong but uh it was something like there used to be 366 let's say uh targeting points on your facebook ads so you could say like the all these different values about people i want to target uh and it took it down to again wrong number, but just for um, example, something like 32. You know, So you went from like several hundred to a two-digit two digit number of uh, targeting ability. And so it just took the categories a lot broader. Um, it said, you can't get this uh, drilled down into who your customers are unless they give you that information. Um, so they were really, and you probably saw it as you, if, especially if you have an iPhone, if you updated your uh, operating system on your iPhone, you probably started to see when you'd log into a social platform, it said, do you want to allow this app to track you and on the internet? Um, and you got to choose yes or no. Uh, and then, and they, you know, of course the social platforms that say to give you a better experience of your ads. Um, but what that really means is to be able to track you around the internet so that we can give you ads that reflect the websites that you're, you've already been on. Um, so that's kind of the very broad, uh, and I'm no ads expert, so they can speak a lot better to 14.5. Um, but that's, you know, kind of my broad understanding of those updates and, um, this trend towards returning data back into consumers' hands.
0: You know, it's kind of funny. I've seen since since that came out, I've seen people start to say, I'm opting back in because mm-hmm. I'm tired of getting served ads that are
2: irrelevant. Oh yeah, I've definitely seen that and I've considered it myself. Like, I mean, my ads on Twitter are terrible um, and have nothing to do with anything I'm interested in. Uh, so there is, I think there's the push from the other side, from the platform side. I don't want to say they're, delivering terrible ads on purpose, but I mean, maybe they are to get you to opt back in so that they can reclaim your data and then the ads pe- ads become more valuable. Um, I know a lot of our customers that I've talked to have decided, hey, you know what? We're going to just like take a pause on running ads right now because we don't know what's going on. We don't know what kind of results we're going to get. Um, the big, huge brands can afford to spend more. Ads become more expensive um, when there's less targeting, less ads being run. Um, so they ads have become more expensive overall. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of people I'm talking to, especially smaller brands are saying, let's take a step back from our ad spend and focus it in on email or, um, in on our one-to-one customer messaging channels.
1: What do you think this is going to mean long-term well, no short-term now term now term? Yeah, now term,
2: midterm, long term. Okay. Uh so now term I think is that like pumping the brakes, you know. Uh brands are saying, I don't know exactly what's happening. I know that my ads are costing me more to get eyeballs on them. Um, and so I'm just gonna stop for a minute or I'm gonna pull it way, way back as far as what my uh budget is for ad spend. Uh, and they're really focusing in, I think now term is like, I don't know what we're going to do with it, but we're just going to stop midterm. Um, which is starting to become like, we're going into that is, uh, brand saying, okay, let's focus in on the channels that we actually control. Because what we're finding is that, Ultimately, other platforms run these places that we rely so heavily on. So, if you're a brand that relies entirely on even organic traffic or um, or Facebook ads, running ads on Facebook, Instagram, um, you know those are platforms that you have no control over. If those, for whatever reason, shut down entirely tomorrow, um, if Google ceased to exist somehow, uh, then y- you wouldn't be able to get any of that organic traffic or those ads that you're running. Um, if Facebook decided that now you have to, they're gonna 20x the cost of ads just because they want to. Because
1: they af- can. Because <laughs> they can.
2: Um, and I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> uh you can't afford that anymore. Um so a lot of brands are really focusing on the channels that they do own uh which is really their website and email and and sms um those like one to one those places where your subscribers your potential customers and your customers have chosen to interact with you have opted in to something that's those like customer first marketing channels where you can really own that marketing and say like hey we have this list no matter what um and even if you know there it's in a csv i can tuck it away on my desktop if i want to um or like in some thumb drive um but it's it's yours right and you can take it wherever you want to go uh so and it's also i think not only that but it is that relationship that's so important Whereas what you randomly get retargeted for on the internet isn't necessarily something you opted into. You didn't opt in to see the boots that you just bought eight more times that day as you go around (laughs) the internet. But that definitely has happened to me.
1: Uh, It's happened to me as well. I'm like, you're wasting your impression. Don't do it. Stop it. I've, I've bought it. Go away.
2: Yes, I know. I feel like I just feel so bad. But I think most of the time when that happens, it's from really big brands who like, Probably don't really care about that ad spend. They're like, okay, whatever. It's like a
1: rounding error. Like Like Zappos Zappos. is fine. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Zappos gives zero F's. They're like, whatever. (laughs) Have you seen our budget and our revenue? Right.
2: Yeah. It's fine. It's just a wash. Like we won't worry about all those random retargeting spends. Um, So I think that that's near term, future term. um, I don't know. Like I think there's a lot of work to be done. I do think I. Brands are never going to stop running ads, no matter what. Like That's not going anywhere. And what I would love to see in the future is that when you're running ads, that there's some consideration around what you're running ads to. So that instead of running ads directly to a product to get a sale, um, that the investment in ads is considered a long-term investment and in that you're running ads to like a landing page with an email opt-in or, um, you know, a, 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 discord group, or there's, you know, some, something that is of value to your consumers other than the product itself. Um, and even if it's just a portion of your ad spend that you're directing that way, I think it can make a huge difference, um, for the way that. Customers interact with brands, and the results brands get from ads. But you have to think long term. Um, and traditionally, ad spend has been a very short term, quick fix kind of um, get them in the door approach.
1: We always say that about for SEO as well. We're like, that's your quick fix. But yes. if you don't do the, the groundwork and the organic and build it all up, it doesn't yeah. matter. Band aids right. only gets you so far.
2: Yeah, and that's and that's one off emails, you know, that are those blasts are there. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, they are they're the band-aids. They're the quick fix. Like let's go send a campaign about a, a discount that we're offering today because we got to get some product out the door. Great. But the flows can actually work for you in the background all the time. Um, those are the like, that's where the real money is.
0: Speaking of real money. Mm-hmm. I love my segues. Um, They
2: make total sense. <laughs> you, you have money for me? Speaking of real money, we wrote you a check. I am issuing you an invoice today.
1: I'm charging Wait a you. Other way. Could you imagine being like a pay-to-play podcast? Is that a thing? It is. I'm sure 30s. I've been
2: approached by those shows for Yikes. only five hundred dollars. We'll feature you as a guest on our podcast.
0: Oh, how generous of them! It's so
2: kind. I know. Really, <laughs> I wonder if people I mean, might
0: think of like being a guest on our podcast, but also sponsoring the podcast is kind of like a
2: pay-to-play. I mean, kind of. Sort
0: of. Yeah, but that makes sense. You're sponsoring our podcast because you love us. And -hmm. then you're also joining our podcast as a guest. I like Mm -hmm. to think of them as two separate things.
2: I think those are are two two separate things. things. Those are two separate things.
0: Okay. Yeah. So iOS 15. It is not out yet. But. Correct. But it will be. Apple just announced that things are happening around it. And this is definitely more on the email side of things.
2: Way more on the email side of things. Um, iOS 15 seems to come directly after email uh, in that um, there's three kind of major components of this update that is to come. one, and this is, again, this is iOS. So it is specific to Apple products. Um, and we believe we don't have, um, our, our, we have a whole team at Clavio that are working on this, um, our deliverability experts, our product experts, um, some very bright minds who know way more about email and, uh, the way it all works inside of the rectangle box, uh, than I do. Uh, They're working on it and trying to figure out what does it all mean before it actually goes live. Um, And what we understand is that with, especially for Apple mail. So for the people who use Apple mail, and we're not sure about like other mail uh, providers, uh, other inboxes on an Apple device, like I use Gmail on an Apple device. So we're not really sure how it affects those, but for our Apple products, the ability to turn off open tracking. So uh, marketing emails have a little pixel embedded in all of them. So even if you send a text t- quote text only email, um, that email still has an image that needs to be displayed in in order to mark an open. So iOS 15 is allowing you the ability to turn off all of that tracking, um, where you, it will no longer report back to the email service provider that the email is opened. Um, mm. email open rates have been a metric that people track. And it, if you talk to anyone in email, um, we've always said it's a vanity metric in that they're really imperfect. Um, there are all kinds of services that kind of screw with open rates anyways, like, uh, SaneBox and, um, roll, unroll me and those kinds of things. And, uh, and because there is that little tiny pixel, if you're sending text-based emails and somebody doesn't display images, but they could still read the email, they could still actually open it, but they don't display images. It doesn't get marked as a red as open. Um, so it's always been infallible anyways. So like, I'm not too worried about that one. Um, I think open rates is something that people have, it's been a crutch for a really long time. Oh, well, our open rates are like 40%, but our, click, our click-through our click rates are like 0.2%. I'm like, okay, well, the click rates, that's where the magic is, right? Was, there's no point in opening an email if you don't have anything to do with it afterwards. I mean, on occasion, you can have a... Um, you know, conversation with your customers and not have a call to action in your emails. I don't think you need a call to action in every single email, but ultimately if we're talking about conversions from email, we want to look at clicks. Um, so clicks are still around. They're not going anywhere yet. Uh, so, yet, I mean, yet. we're only on 15, iOS 15. I mean, we're, we've got plenty of <laughs> iOS iterations to come. Many. You never know. Um, so that's open tracking. Open tracking is uh, a hard one for a lot of people to hear um, because it's been what a a lot of marketers have relied on for their quote success of their emails. The second update to iOS 15 is the ability to block your IP address, which means um, it becomes harder to send like browse abandon campaigns um, unless they're clicking through from an email. Um, so it also means that currently there are brands that are displaying different, um, opt-ins or entire sites to existing customers versus, uh, not yet customers, right? So people have bought from you before, maybe you have a subscription brand and you want to offer a different experience of your website to those who are already subscribed versus people who have never purchased from you. you're going to display a different homepage or, you know, you have, if they're a subscriber, you might have a, like a login and maybe they go straight to their dashboard or I don't know. But um, iOS 15 allows you to block all of that uh, if you want to as a customer. (laughs) Uh, And then the last one that is um, actually has been available for a little while now, it's just kind of uh, they're, throwing it on there as a remember this exists um is the ability to hide your email address. Um so not having email addresses populate inside of email lists to begin with. Um that's a that's one that they like kind of quietly rolled out. Uh how does that work in the last year? It's been on their support site. Um hide my email for sign in with Apple. That's the heading on the Apple support site.
0: Oh, that.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. got it. So you can create a random email address um, so your email stays private. Mm. So you could, you, Kelly, could sign up to the same email list multiple times with random email addresses. And for what we know so far, that could then add 10 new people to a brand's email list, which ultimately costs the brand money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So if merchants cannot rely on open tracking, what should they rely on?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, clicks is the first one that I would say. Um, I think conversions is uh, ultimately what we need to be tracking. Um. Clicks are the signal of eventual conversion and and interest. So you can still rely on that. When people are clicking through from a link in your email, then you can trigger flows based off of that click. Uh, You can take action based off of the click. You could send a one-off campaign to people who clicked on a particular email there's all kinds of actions you can take, uh, but those—that's a really high intent that click conversions is ultimately the best measure, and really the one that everyone should have been tracking all along for email. Um, email isn't about getting opens, and uh, please
0: read my email.
2: Yeah, I, I don't mean, do it's, anything with it. Just read it. It's not the subject line that is the email. It's the email itself. Uh, That's what is being built. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. It's like, as brands, we've been saying, just open my email. I don't care what you do with it after that. Just open it, (laughs) which is like, honestly, busy work for your customers. You know, we don't want to give them busy work. We want to be able to send them targeted information that they want when they want it. And you can figure that out when you're tracking clicks. Who's clicking mm-hmm. on what? What how often are they clicking on it? You know, those kind of things.
1: So I have a lot more questions. And I think we need to have you come on again. <laughs> I would be happy to okay. Because I'm like, okay, we're we're coming up on the time when people stop listening. And so I want, I want to make sure people get all of this goodness. Uh, and so, yeah, we'd love to have you back like ASAP.
2: I think that the most important thing to know is like, yeah, they're, they quote, taking away all of this. And quite honestly, it's a lot like GDPR a couple of years ago, where it's like, let's actually give the human beings <laughs> with the, the money that is being spent on the internet, the control over their own experience of the internet. And it's not about the cu- it's not about the brand. It's about the customer. So, if you are thinking in that direction, then none of these updates actually matter. Um, you know, if you think about what is best for the customer and how can I build a relationship with my customer, well, that's having them opt in. That's uh, building relationships where they want to click on things. That's sending relevant, pertinent information when th- that makes them want to interact with it. Uh, you know, that's they're not going to click on things or even open things. Who cares when you're sending five times a day to your entire list? Uh, but when you're sending very targeted messaging through SMS, through email, you can get those people moving through having that conversation with you. It's not, ne- it's like less funnel and more relationship. That's what I really think is the important piece to pull out of all of this, that we're just removing that idea of like, let's push people through this funnel, which just sounds gross, um, versus like, let's build relationships with all these people on the internet. And really all these 14.5, 15 updates are um, just make forcing forcing marketers hand in that direction.
0: So we like to end our episodes with a store shout out. It is a store that you have shopped on. It's a store that is pretty. It is a store that you like. It is a store that has an absolutely terrible user experience and you want to call out. We generally don't get super negative with them, but you know, (laughs) there are no rules as long as it is a store.
2: I have a store. What's your store? Born Primitive. Uh, So bornprimitive.com, they work out apparel, athletic apparel. Um, It's founded by an active-duty military family. I am a military spouse, and uh, so I appreciate that. Um, I buy their high-rise workout shorts. Really good. They make really nice sports bras. Softest fabric. Uh, It's lovely. They're a clavio customer. They're great. They're
0: using Turbo from out of the sandbox. (laughs) Something I
2: can always immediately... Yeah, you can you can identify those those themes. I'm
0: that should eye. that should be
2: like a game show that you do. <laughs> you would you would kill. You would oh slay.
0: Yeah. Uh it's a it's a it's a problem. Like I can't go onto a website and not be like, all right, so it's using this theme. It's built up first. Is it on Shopify? Second, what theme are they using? Third, what apps are they using? And fourth, where are all the holes in the user experience? Oh,
2: that's I'm me a with very email. fun person
0: at parties. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's Rian, mean. what's your shout out?
1: My shout out is to Higher Goods, H Y E R G O O D S.com. And I got for my birthday a fanny pack slash belt bag slash whatever we want to call it in 2021. And they use upcycled leather. So it reduces waste. They use an all, uh, a sustainably certified women-owned factory in India. It's all really cool. It's really beautiful. It's affordable. I really jam on it. So I highly recommend everyone checking it out. I love that it's a zero waste brand and their sustainability goes all the way down to their shipping. It's sustainable across the board. So big fan, really amped up on it.
2: Y e r.
1: Yes, yes. They're also a Clavio
2: customer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We love to hear it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So my store shout out this week. I don't know why I sounded so just miserable about that.
2: I got some bad news.
0: Um, I just spent $72, $76 or something on Flyby Jing. Uh, they make chili sauce that is absolutely delicious. I bought the little guys, I've all like the the their triple threat, which is like three individual sets. It's oh, good. F-L-Y-B-Y-J-I-N-G dot com. Um, I blew through the small jars and just got the big boys. So I'm very excited for them to arrive.
1: What's their name? This is my favorite part.
0: <laughs> um, One of them is literally called the big boy.
1: Yes. The big boy. And the
0: second <gasps> one is called King Zhang.
2: Yes. Fly by Jing is also a <laughs> customer. <laughs>
0: That Good. was not planned everybody.
2: Not that, at all.
0: That just happened. But this is also why I love Klaviyo because mm. it's the best platform to be using.
2: Yeah. It's less it's harder to see uh when you are going through all of your favorite e-commerce stores, but it's so funny we uh when whenever somebody new starts, they're always amazed how many brands that they use every day that are Klaviyo customers. It's great.
0: All right. Final question. Where can we find you on the internet?
2: Mostly on Twitter, at Love Val Geisler on Twitter. That's the best place to find me, quite honestly.
0: Perfect. Well, Val, thank you so much for joining us and talking about iOS and all the things that they're taking away from merchants. But none of it matters. So it's fine. That's the, that's the important part. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Wow. Everything's fine. I need fine. to take a nap. I just uh, keep on saying some really sad things over here.
2: You're going to start breaking out into Everybody Hurts soon.
0: It might happen. Yeah. But before we get there, I should probably go ahead and do the outro. Okay. So, Thanks so much for tuning in. and Thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel. Visit it at youtube.com slash commerce If you like our podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make us really happy. You can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Wednesday. So grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week.
1: Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify App Store.